The following is a member of the Growler Media Podcast Network. Find out more at growlermedia.com. Comey Snake. Welcome to Escape from New York Minute, where we celebrate and analyze the dystopian classic one minute at a time. I am Molly Balin. And I am Eric Deutsch. And we welcome back for one last time, geek culture and technology writer extraordinaire, Carol Pinchewski. Hey there. <laughs> oh, am I sounding too nice? No. Let me, let me toughen it up a bit. Hey no, there. it's good. It's totally good. I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's totally hey good. There, bitches. <laughs> How's that? <laughs> just a really, you're just an innately kind person, and no. <laughs> it just comes out. And it's just like this is a, yeah, prison's hard, and you know, I just, I don't want like your light, your light to get snuffed out here. So, <laughs> I like. Oh. I cannot lie. <laughs> <laughs> So yay, welcome back to prison and minute 51. <laughs> uh, this minute starts out, uh, kind of bleeds over from 50 into 51 with Snake's foot on Brain's chest, the gun pointed in his face and Snake insisting he needs to get the president. Makes an offer to Brain that he can't refuse, but he does anyway. And uh, the minute ends with Snake saying that he knows something that Brain and Maggie do not know. You know, in the... Uh that that moment where he says, you want to see him sprayed over that map, baby? Uh, <laughs> how, does, how did he know that she was coming for him? Because he had his eyes on Brain directly the entire time. He did not look away from Brain. He's Snake Plissken. <laughs> <laughs> in in the, um, the two minutes prior to the. Yes, I said the answer is always it's the eighties. <laughs> for this minute, is, yeah. Now this the answer for this minute is because it's snake. <laughs> I think that's just a good answer in general. Why is this happening? It's the eighties. <laughs> <laughs> snake. It's it's the snake eighties. Do you think that that's just kind of what she would do? Maybe he just has really good peripheral vision. Ah. He's only got one eye. Oh god! <laughs> Maybe that one eye has good peripheral vision. He has no depth perception. Maybe it's just working extra hard and compensating. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, like how Daredevil is blind, but all his other senses are heightened. Yes, exactly. <laughs> there. He could smell her coming. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, to be fair, she is doing a, a pretty significant dress rustle to get that <laughs> knife out. Oh, you know, right. it's not a clean, you know. Yeah, but she's not wearing crinoline. I mean, <laughs> crinoline rustles. <laughs> I know, but it's kind of like kicks up, you know, maybe he's like catching the wind or something. I feel like it's not a smooth move. I'm just going right. to say. It's right. not a Kill Volume 2 style, you know, right. knife. It was, a very, it was a very 
80s way of picking out a knife because you know, <laughs> honestly you know in here and now 2019 it would just kind of automatically appear in her hand right no like matrix style you would just think about it and it'd be there <laughs> Oh my God, what an awesome power that would be. <laughs> I know, I know. But I'd be like, I want a cheeseburger and the I cheeseburger would manifest. Chocolate. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I would totally use it for, for food. I'm totally food centric. I would not be like, I don't, want, I don't give a shit about an Uzi. I just want like mac and cheese on demand or something. No, I'm that way too. <laughs> Holly, we could be food friends. Yay! <laughs> but yeah, she grabbed a knife instead. <laughs> uh, like, uh. <laughs> well, you're not gonna you're not gonna take down snake with a cheeseburger. No, you're not. You, you gotta you gotta take him down with steel. Hmm. Wonder how he lost his eye. It was a uh, war thing. War wound. Wasn't Kansas City? <laughs> no, uh, I was think it was the um the Leningrad battle that they talk about earlier in the movie. Oh, because that would give him a real reason to hate Brain. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, not just Fresno Bob, but would also be, you know, eye revenge, eyeball revenge. Yeah, no, that would totally make sense. It's, it's, yeah, if it was really bad, like a combination of the demise of Fresno Bob and the fact that he has no depth perception now and probably gets <laughs> bad headaches. I can never see 3D movies again. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. You're just like a meme generator. Cause that would be another fantastic. My God. It's amazing. I have to say I'm feeling uh, better about Maggie because of, and she says neatly sagging into the next point. (laughs) She, um, (laughs) When he lowers, when Snake lowers his rifle, she does not lower her knife. And when mm-hmm. Snake moves away, she automatically stands protectively by Braden's side. She she doesn't, you know, try to take him down. She just goes straight to protect her boyfriend. Oh. And I thought, like, oh, good for you, Maggie. You really do like him. Yeah, almost like a bodyguard. Yeah, yeah. No, I... I figure, well, I mean, the reason that the Duke gave her, great, <laughs> to, yeah. to Rain might have been to protect him. Mm. The, but maybe she fell for him. And, you know, he also, he meaning Snake, really kind of subtly threatens her because he's kind of grasping for some type of leverage in the situation. And he's like, oh, I'll just beat it out of your squeeze. Right. And then he's like, no, she, you know, she, she knows what she doesn't know. Basically. She doesn't know specifically. And And how does she feel about that? I mean, knowing that she's kept ignorant. I mean, was that deliberate? Was she kept deliberately ignorant or did they not bother to tell her? I mean, what kind of conversation is Maggie and brain going to have after this? I wonder. Oh yeah. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. So I, uh, I thought that was, you know, interesting that also Brain kind of leapt to her defense. Yes. Yeah. And I think that, again, is supporting that they have the throw rug style relationship. Right. It's it's beyond a, a relationship of convenience. 
Yeah. I don't know how long they've been there together. It's been less than four years. So that's a good run, man. Yeah, no (laughs) modern times. It's a good run. (laughs) But I'm thinking, I don't know, three and a half, because it takes a while to get processed through the court system, or maybe, maybe not so much in in this time and place. Maybe like, oh, you did the crime, you do the time starting right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they've pretty much, they've established that uh, with behind the scenes stuff that due process pretty much doesn't exist anymore. Uh, it, it, you're, you're, you're guilty that you're shipped, you're shipped like that day to, uh, to processing in Manhattan. Right. But wait a minute. I thought Brain got away with Kansas City. It was Snake and Fresno Bob who didn't get away with it. Well, Snake's not caught in Kansas City. So Fresno Bob obviously is caught in Kansas City. Right. You ran um, up meaning that that brain survived. Right. So brain hasn't been in prison four years then. He's been in prison, you know, X minus. No, four years minus X. Right. So, hmm. How long do you think he's been there? Three years? Yeah, sure. Yeah, because, I mean, he's comfortable enough with the place. I mean, right. he's kicking back with his cravat. <laughs> <laughs> You know, you don't do that without a certain amount of comfort. <laughs> right, right. You know, how many people in maximum security prison walk around with a cravat? <laughs> Not the new ones. <laughs> Not the, no, you're right. I mean, that that does uh, separate somebody who has risen to the cream of the prison crop. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that takes a bit of time. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Two or three years, maybe. But yeah, well, so they have a solid relationship. (laughs) What I mean (laughs) is what I mean. But yeah, uh, I I just like their relationship. I would have liked to have seen the further adventures of Maggie and Brain. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I do like that Brain picks up right away that uh, Snake is working for the man. Kind of throws it in his face a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I, I like that. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Because he's got a gun. I mean, <laughs> that, that pretty much proves that he's working for the man. Mm. But I'm surprised there aren't more gun-like objects in prison. Wouldn't there be more, you know, pseudo guns? I mean, I know later we see some crossbows. So... I'm surprised that Brain, in fact, isn't making guns. Mm. Maybe he's just too busy making gasoline. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, much like we established there, you know, he's the one that uh, drills for it. And then there's there's the guy that refines it. Then there's a third. There's the gun guy. Duke's got a gun guy also in a different part also. Oh, right, right. Yeah, he's he's separating yeah, the, the Duke's no dummy. He's not going to give all power, you know, have one yeah. guy doing everything. Then that guy becomes too important and can overthrow the Duke. You got right. one person doing okay. one job each. Right. Yeah, that's uh, good for him. Yeah, you don't want cons- <laughs> to consolidate power. You want it spread out. There's a funny thing in the script here when Brain says, says working for the man now that they didn't film. In the shooting script, Cabby indignantly says, Snake don't work for the man. 
Oh, Cabby, ever the optimist. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, um, so why do you think that was taken out? I'm not sure. I mean, it, it, it would have been fun to see. I don't know. I, I know. I don't know if it was filmed and it was cut out, or if they just never filmed it. But it is in the shooting script. Well, I guess it's better that they keep the intensity on Brain and Snake. Mm. That that would be, I think. Uh, I think that would be, you know, the the more sensible thing because it is a tense moment. You know, two people who haven't seen each other in years, and they've got. You've got real issues. <laughs> mm, yeah, there's a beef. <laughs> yeah, there is there is beef. <laughs> they need to cook that beef. <laughs> and so Snake is is decides to try to convince them to give him the president, and he says, "I've got a glider a couple of blocks down the street." Now, there is no way with the amount of traveling that Snake has already been doing in this movie, that the World Trade Center is only a couple of blocks away. I mean, he's been <laughs> all over the place. Cabby drove him somewhere. There's just, there is no way that it's, it's a couple of blocks down the street. Well, and so... The, the I, thing I, is, that's a, that's a New Yorker thing, though. I mean, yeah. York, <laughs> no, we walk everywhere. We walk everywhere. Yeah, we do. But, you know, if I'm walking from 1st Avenue to 8th Avenue, I'm not saying, oh, it's just a couple of blocks down the yeah. street. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're going to say it's seven freaking avenues. Oh, God, seven avenues. <laughs> I know. <laughs> avenues are longer than blocks. The avenues are like three times the size of blocks. So mm. that is what we call in New York a schlep. <laughs> so... Yeah, so he schlepped all the way there. You're right; it isn't that far. But but the thing that got me um, about that line, I'll get you. I'll uh, I'll take you out of here. I've got a jet glider or whatever it was. He said um, uh, that jet glider only holds one person, really. Yes, exactly. And that's why I'm wondering if the two blocks away thing is is Snake is playing them. You know, Hauk's been playing Snake this entire movie. Yeah, Snake is now playing Brain. Right, he can't bring him in the glider. It's a one seater, and he's telling him he'll bring him out. And yeah. so I, he's just he's playing brain here. In fact, how is he actually going to get the president out unless he shoves the president to the cockpit? Yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe it was maybe there's something in the back that we just didn't see because mm-hmm. uh, he is supposed to be leaving by. He's supposed to be coming back in the glider. That's the actual original plan. Is he's supposed to get back up there? And then uh, go into free fall off the World Trade Center and and fly his way out. So there has to be somewhere to put the president. Right, but it it doesn't seem like it. I mean, it, I mean, when we when we talked about those minutes, boy, I, it it looked quite cramped in there. Yeah, and I always thought it was kind of bullshit that he was going to fly it out anyway. You know, because like you had, to, I mean, they you have to be towed by another plane. So I always thought that. You know, I'm just going to push it off the end, you know, was going to be kind of challenging. Like the logistics of him getting away, even as one person would have been challenging to begin with. Right. But if you drop from a high enough altitude, you you gain momentum and then you pull up and suddenly you're aloft. I, I. Yeah, that's, that's done the physics the and the math, but yeah. I can imagine that you can at least get out past Manhattan far enough that that you are considered, uh, quote, safe. 
to get enough air to go. Yeah, yeah. So I think for short ranges, one guy, you know, flying, you know, taking that glider off of the, you know, late lamented World Trade Center, you know, I, I think you can break free of of this particular area and glide to safety. Oh, some not safety, but if I were brain and I had and I had kidnapped this this Gulf fire, I would you know fly to one of the many little islands around Manhattan and just kind of hunker down there. I think I think technically he could have used it unless unless he was shot down from the police. I think he could have made it off Manhattan Island. And then here oh comes, no! Yeah, here that's comes, a good point. Uh, uh, here comes uh, un completely clueless cabbie glomming onto the escape plan. Hey, can you take me too? Yeah, and what, why wouldn't you say that? <laughs> <laughs> like you're all leaving. I'd like to go too. Well, yeah, and he also just saved his bacon. So, you know, if you've got a way out and you've been like helping this person out, and you know, you help them from the crazies, and you know, you've driven him to the connection to the Duke, like be like, dude, like do me a solid and help me out, you know? Right. Yeah, I would, I would ask. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't hurt to ask. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. And actually, there's another cabbie item in this minute from the shooting script that that got again i don't know if this was filmed or if it was cut before they filmed it but snake asks brain if the president is still alive and cabbie goes alive and kicking and brain yells at him to shut up so you know it's uh he uh (laughs) just mouthy unaware of what's going on cabbie oh oh cabbie (laughs) (laughs) Somebody that you obviously want in very close quarters in a glider. (laughs) (laughs) So he gets them out and and, and they're flying over and he's like, oh boy, this is a really cool plane snake boy. I'm sure glad you got us out. I'm so happy that I met you and you're, and you're helping me escape. It's like, "Uh, let's open the window and shove them out. Uh, Yeah. Cabby's the kind of guy that would totally cut one inside of the cockpit. Oh, way out. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) cabbie you've got a dutch oven guy kind of a vibe (laughs) oh Oh, we have descended to a new low we were (laughs) (sighs) i'm just speaking the truth man that's what it looks like (laughs) (laughs) to be fair it did happen that you know, over 50 some episodes. So I I feel like we've waited long enough. (laughs) (laughs) So then at the end of the minute, uh, Molly, and you mentioned this when you were setting things up, you know, snake is telling them, you know, Oh, you know, I know something you don't know it. And all I can think of is like a fourth grade thing of like, I know something you don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, for me, what I really liked is that, that, he was being really honest there. I mean, he lied about the glider, but here he's being really honest. He's laying it all out. I know something, and it's really important. <laughs> so right. I I liked that that it's kind of like a a tool to kind of not not disengage people, but when you're being honest, it's a way of making yourself very very 
clear, like, this is what I want. This is what I need. And people can kind of tell that he's being honest. So I, I thought that it just saves a lot of time. You know, and he doesn't have much time. He's got, like, no time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I think, I think being as honest and clear about what he needs is, is really important to him. Yeah, and he needs leverage here. Yeah. Because the biggest leverage he can possibly, and, and it's not real, but, you know, there is that little bit of a glimmer because he does have connectivity with the outside that he can say, hey, look, obviously I have gear from the outside. I've been sent in from the outside. I might be able to swing you getting out. And to people who are in uh, a desperate situation, that's the most attractive bargaining chip until they tell you to go fuck yourself because they already have something cooked up with the presumption right. that Duke is going to get everybody out, quote unquote, which, you know, is is a stretch to believe to begin with. Yeah, but that's awfully egalitarian of him. <laughs> he does this yes. the egalitarian type, don't you think? No, he does not strike me as a magnanimous, we're going to free the people kind of a guy. <laughs> So, so him saying like, yes, we, I will, I will free you all. If he had in fact said that, and I suppose he had, you know, maybe he did say it, but, but it was probably for a reason like, oh yeah, because if I have all of you, I can use you as human shields when the bullets start flying. Right. Cause how hard is it going to, I mean, you know, they've got arsenals, but you know, if you've got millions of people, you can't stop them all. Right. So I figure so, that's why he said, you know, we're all getting out of here. He needs he needs a bullet sponge. Yeah. Yeah. But if you've got people who are turning you down with that kind of offer, he has to now give. And, you know, we'll see in next minute. So not to ruin things for next minute, but he has to have another trump card snake being the person I'm talking about needs to have another Trump card to be able to convince them that getting out is not going to be sufficient Mm -hmm. or the promise of getting out is insufficient. Right. It's got to be the president and the tape. What, what a strange MacGuffin that is. (laughs) Hey, the eighties, right? Yes. Cassette tape. It's the eighties. It's the (laughs) eighties. I think the other note that I had here was about the audio that I really enjoy the, uh, the nodding donkey oil noise in the background. I find it to be a little eerie. Just a reminder that it's there waiting to explode. <laughs> just, just putting it out there. <laughs> just want to let you guys know, this is a really bad idea to have this inside your house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They don't just have a home. They've got their job, <laughs> you know, they've got their workspace in their, in their abode. They've got the living room, they've got the, you know, the sleeping area, they've got the library, and they've got the oil well. Oil well, yes. So it's a kind of uh, all-in-one space. Yeah. <laughs> it's a work-live space. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> So let's uh, let's promote Molly. Let's promote our uh, little contest here again. 
Everyone, remember, if you want to be a guest on one of the Minutes for the Credits, find a something, whether it's a can of the stuff in a grocery store or one of the actual remaining cafes in the world or a sign on a gas station like I have near me, something that shows chock full of nuts, get the picture, send it to escape from New York minute at gmail.com. Molly and me will choose the Molly and me. Molly and I will choose <laughs> the best photo and uh, you will win being a guest on one minute of the end credits. Previous and future scheduled guests are not eligible. We want it to be someone that that will be their only minute. Uh, you can send as many photos as you want. You do have to be available late November, early December and have Skype and no members of the Escape from New York team or their relatives can enter as well. Uh, so uh, with that, Carol, uh, thank you so much for joining us this week. Uh, give everyone one last time a reminder where they can find you. Uh, my Twitter is Carol Pinchewski. That's C-A-R-O-L. Pinchewski, pin like the needle, chef like the cook, sky like the thing above you. And my website is carolpinchewski.com where you can find my writing all right and uh let's give a shout out to brad our illustrious producer finally was allowed to speak last week this week back to being (laughs) mute thank you so much for the awesome job that of course you continue to do and uh let's also give a shout out to the movies by minutes.com website we've got more than 120 movies now in our community have been covered uh actually more than 120 sites uh, some of the sites have multiple movies on them so there's a good chance if you like a movie it's already been covered go to moviesbyminutes.com and, and see uh the latest ones that are up there uh if you want to chat with us come to facebook we're in brains library the escape from new york minute hangout we're on twitter ny minute pod uh subscribe so you always make sure you hear us when we come out give us some ratings and reviews we love to see those and until next time, be on time, stay out of the sewers, and we'll meet you on the other side of the wall. <laughs>